ruck when Thomas was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck, handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Kyle Martin. And he slammed through his first on the bending over. his grass. Who's going to claim the ball? It's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Smythe. It's Smythe. He's picked it up, and he's just put it on the left. And the big ball. Roville are the real deal after the Hawks snapped another big scalp to remain undefeated in the Premier Division. Mulgrave made it two big wins on the trot and Mitchum made it three, whilst Beaconsfield got win number two, Doncaster got win number one and Croydon North knocked off Forest Hill. Welcome to the Monday Recovery with Matthew Fodia, Ryan Long and Ray Baird. Gentlemen, a couple of, uh, well, Ray saw a better game than us, Ryan. We yeah. saw Baronia trounce Heathmont and Ray saw Roville beat Bourne. So an exciting show coming up, isn't it, gents? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at the all divisions across the board, there's a, a few upsets. You know, this is impossible to tip if you if, if you try, if you're trying to. You're and, giving yourself an out. Yeah, earlier. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. And obviously, uh, Ray, you probably watch watch a much better game than we saw yesterday. Oh, look, I, what I saw down there at Tebeck Oval, look, uh, Roval. You know, I've, I've, I, up until yesterday, and me being a Roval person, I still had my little bit of doubt. But yeah, the way they played yesterday, they just harass, harass, and harass. And when you got, I've always said, young players will give you a hundred percent, and they certainly did yesterday. Absolutely. So we'll get into Premier Division later on in the show. Let's start with probably the biggest news, though. Division Four. I said on the Friday show, Ron. I don't know if you've listened yet, but Ray was yes, here. I was sitting yes. in this chair, and I said Croydon North will beat Forest Hill, and we both agreed, Ray, that the gap was closing, and that eventually, one of these days, one of those two clubs. Croydon North and Nutterwadding was going to get a scalp, and it happened yesterday. Croydon North, second quarter, they kicked five goals to one to jump out at a halftime lead of around 20 points over Forest Hill and just held on for us today, ended up winning by 27 points, uh, 14-11 to 10-8. Daniel Batira kicked four goals, and Robert Hudson, South Belgrave Reserves uh, champion last year, had come down to, to Kangaroo land. He got best on ground, and we're joined by Mark Holly on the line. Mark, uh, a landmark day in the club's history. Oh, it was fantastic. It was... I listen to your podcast all the time, guys. I was quite happy with you saying we might pick them off um, on the other podcast, and that's what we did. Um, it's not beating the Nutter Waddings, it's beating the Forest Hill, and that's the step that we really needed to take that was good for the club. At quarter time, you've started really well, and I guess obviously in recent years, it's been that often it's the first quarter where, where those sides sort of blow you out the water and then, and then they do their work from there. So at quarter time, with the scores level, you're in front by two points, so basically level. What do you say to the boys? Is, is this? Did you sense it was a big opportunity? Oh, it was. And even before that, though, like the Killsyth game the week before, they came out and I think they kicked five goals to our one. And then at the start of this game, um, young Bailey Chong hit the post uh, literally two minutes in. And then they went down and kicked two goals. And I thought, oh, here we go again. But to the boys' credit, they actually uh, held on, kicked back. And yeah, to be up at quarter time was a big thing. I actually said to the boys, I didn't even look at the scoreboard. I thought we're down by a goal, but we're actually up. So it was just. Just for them, just their belief to say, look, we can do it. We've held on when it could have gone either way at the start of the game again, but we held on and showed that we can do it. And I think that was just the belief. They kept going from there and didn't look back. It was fantastic. Mark, you've had a lot of inclusions coming in uh, over the off-season. Hudson's obviously won the uh, best on yesterday for you guys. Um, what, what's that done for just the sort of the vibe at the club, the, the culture? Has it has it really lifted the boys, the the boys that were there um, over the last few years to just really step up their game and has, has it made the a club a, a much better place to be around? Oh, absolutely. And the best part about those boys are they train every single night and they're there every Thursday night, Saturday night, and that's what we're loving. 
So all the blokes that have done all the hard yards, they've actually got the really big smiles on their faces now. We've got a couple of blokes in blokes that have come in and, you know, like you said, Huddo, he's just an absolute running machine. So through the midfield, he just gives us first option every single time. Um, and our young blokes that have been there from the start, it's just showing character for them and bringing them along for the ride. And that's the best part about it. And the, and those guys that ha- have been there for a while, what is, who are some of the names that have really impressed you that, you know, we probably don't hear about as much that um, probably fly a bit under the radar. Who's, who, who really impresses you? Uh, well, I don't think this bloke flies under the radar, but Sam Curry, he's, we call him the Rocker Gibraltar um, across back. He just knows how to get across, cut the angles and mark the football every time it goes in. So he's been huge. He's been there for a fair few years for us now. Uh, Simo, Simon, don't even ask me to say his last name. I can't. But, uh, he's Van der West There you go, Van der West <laughs> That's <Tuzan>. the one. <laughs> well, I get it wrong every time, so I'm glad you said it for me. But, um, you know, he's just the same. He's been through the hard times um, and, you know, someone like that. You honestly don't know why they stick around after we've had, you know, we've had 250-point beltings uh, week in, week out. So people like that to stick around and now getting wins against the football, especially against teams like Forest Hill, that's that's just what you like for those type of blokes. It's really good. Congratulations, Mark, on your win yesterday. Look, uh, I'm going to go back to the start about it all. That was a huge move by the two clubs to join together and come across to the Eastern Football League. And uh, in the first couple yep. of years there, as you said, you know, you got belted by big scores and all that. But now the guys must be going into every game believing that, you know, we're a chance. And that must be great for the club. Oh, it is. Look, I'll go back to the start too. I even round one this year. Um, I've I'd watched Sylvan uh, in the pracky matches and we knew they were going to be hard. And that was my big concern that we we're going to get a, a belting round one and everyone's going to say we're no good. Um, and that's what happened. But as you all see now, we know Sylvan's so far ahead of everybody else. But now just, you know, for us to be in games of football is what it's all about. It's just... It's good for the club. It really is. Like, I don't know how much more I can say it, but you know, we weren't having shots on goal at all for the last two, three years. We just couldn't get anywhere near it. Where now we had what we have twenty five shots on goal on the weekend. We had twenty six against Nutter Wadding um, and nineteen against Kilsyth. Where we've been averaging bloody literally what ten shots on goal at the most, and that's just not good enough. And that's what we knew we had to go and change, and that's what we've done. So it's it's really good. Mark, how big has it been having a ladies side as well into that club? Because, you know, you're all the one club there and having the girls around supporting you and all that, you know, you're on the way up. There's no doubt about that. Oh, definitely. And we even had ladies day yesterday just to top off another beautiful win for us. So, look, it's, they've been fantastic for the club. Um, our Thursday nights are huge now that we have them down there as well. Um, we were a little struggling a little bit at the start of the year. We didn't know if we were going to get the numbers up. But the uh, Mr. Hayhurst has done a fantastic job. He's gone out and he's put hours on hours, hours on ends just to get the uh, ladies up and running. And he's done a fantastic job. And they've had two wins this year as well. So it's, it is. It's just looking up. It just keeps going up and up and up. It's fantastic. When uh, Ray mentioned obviously the two clubs merging, when, when the, the it first originated, how big an influence did the old collegian side have it? Because there's a couple of names I can say down there: Batira, uh, Jacob Crow that came across. Well, Batira straight from East Wingwood Crow obviously had a bit of a hiatus of football. Matthew McCain, uh, a couple other names that are I'm knowledgeable that they are Mount Little old collegians. Has that been something the club has worked on? Because they've come from clubs in McCain's case, I think from Melton South, so they've come from far and wide to come play for Croydon North. It was funny you say that because I didn't actually realise they came across until last night because of the um, Mount Lillard Collegians 
coming from the school. So it was quite easy. I just thought it was a mate from a mate. But they all got together. We were just having this chat last night after the game. And they were actually saying they just all got together and said, we'd like to play some football together. Where, where would we like to go? And they actually said because of the old Mount, um, the old Mount Lourdale, um, they came across to us. So I said, I honestly didn't even know that. But you do. You go through our list and there's a lot of them that were involved with the school. So that's, yeah, I think that's a big part of us um, getting all these players because the school's um, scenario of it. Is that part of, you know, I think you said, I think you said in the preseason you may have been able to maintain, you know, 90 plus percent of your, your players that have been there. Is that a sign that the boys are now, you know, really confident in the direction you're heading? Oh, definitely. Like we had uh, last week, we had to drop twenty-three players from our reserve side, and that's never easy. But we'd rather have that than two years ago when we were ringing around every Thursday and Saturday morning trying to get players. So that's a good spot for us. Um, the reserves on the weekends they were unlucky, but I think last time they played Forest Hill, they got done by nearly twenty goals. So it only go down by three goals. It just shows the list is um, really big and really strong, and it's putting pressure on the senior blokes to perform every week. Well, Mark, I guess for last question before we let you go, because it's Mother's Day, of course. Uh, for yep. the club, the next step now, it, how important was it, and I'm sure you would have mentioned it last night to the group, that whilst this was a landmark win to knock off one of the more established sides in the division, how important is it to to just move part this, past this and keep moving? Because you don't want to halt your momentum by over-celebrating, albeit a very big win. Oh, exactly. We got um, Chernside this week, and that's the sculpt we said we wanted to start and take at the start of the year. You know, we looked at your Surrey Parks and Forest Hills, and of course, you go into those games going, look, we're, are we there yet? We don't know. Um, but to beat Forest Hill is huge. But yeah, Kilsyth uh, got away from us, so that one really hurts. So we knew the difference between last week and this week of the hey, uh, the hurting compared to we are winning and the celebrations. So that's what we have to take in the next week. We can't just be that team that knocks off one team and then goes and you know loses the next three. If we want to be going forward, uh, your chance side games are the ones we really want to be looking at to get another scalp. If we want to show that we are showing the league that we're moving forward, well, that's what we're going to keep doing. Yeah, week in, well, week out, be competitive. That's an exciting one too. Local rivalry as well. So it'll be a, a short trip up Maroon Highway for either side to go play each other. Well, Mark, thank you very much though for joining us, mate, after no doubt a big evening and obviously a big day ahead of talking about, I'm sure you're going to tell your mum all about this win. So oh, <laughs> oh, your mum or your wife or whoever it is. So enjoy the rest of your day, mate, and thanks very much for joining us. No dramas, guys. Thank you. Mark Holly there, Croydon North, uh, Mount Lourdes, Long Collegian Senior Coach. A uh, very happy man this morning, of course, Ray. Look, very happy. And I think a lot of people around the Eastern Football League are very happy because that's that's one of the greatest things that can happen to it. You know, the club that, you know, as we said, they joined together with, with Croydon North and, and the school. And, and, you know, and they've struggled. They, you know, they've been belted yeah. and belted. And to come out and win a game like that. But as he said, it's only the first hurdle. They've got to keep going. Exactly. And, and there's some winnable games as well. I mean, you, I think you back them in. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, Kilsyth have really improved this year as well. That's a game that they almost could have won. They'll be keen to play them again later in yeah. the year. Obviously, as you said, Chernside Park next week. It's a weird dynamic because it's interesting. Uh, we were sort of thinking Kilsyth's effort against Forest Hill and Surrey Park in the yeah. first two rounds sort of thought maybe they were a step or two ahead of Croydon North and Nutterwadding. Yeah. And then when you watch Croydon North and Nutterwadding highlights, it was a five point game, but I did watch the last quarter and it, yeah. a bit of me sort of was disappointed. I was hoping to see maybe a, a slightly higher sort of skill level, but the game, it was obviously, uh, you know, everyone's out on their feet. So, you know, what, what can you do? I think as the as these last few weeks have gone on, and, and it's the same across all divisions as we get across the league, it's starting to take shape. And you're starting to realise, as we said on Friday, Ray, that Kilsyth have improved. 
but they and we'll get into their game next. But they they have improved. But Croydon North have improved a heap as well. And yeah, given exactly. how close Nutter Wadding got to both sides, yeah. they've improved as well. Yeah, and I think we can almost just about you can. I think at the start of the season we looked at there's the top four. You know, it would have to things would have to go crazy for that to to not be the top four, and you got the bottom three. Mm. I don't think that's really there then anymore. Because well, yeah, you could yeah. almost say that the bottom six is up for grabs. Yeah, it's Sylvan, right. and then who wants it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. at the moment, and we, as I said, we'll get into the game. So Sylvan are four and zero percentage of two sixty. So again, not a, not outlandish percentage. So they're undefeated. Then you got Churnside in second with three wins, but their percentage is eighty seven. So they've had a win yesterday in a tight one. They beat Surrey Park by less than a kick, yeah. um, and I think their other win over Forest Hill was by three or four goals. And then you got Forest Hill and Surrey Park are still in the four. Surrey Park had the bye, but Forest Hills five. Five games, two lot, two wins. Their third, yeah, uh, on their percentage. And then you got Kilsyth and Croydon North, two wins. Nutterwadding yeah. yet to win, but each and every week yeah. seem to be getting closer and closer to it. They took on Sylvan yesterday, Nutterwadding, and a bit like we said to Mark there, Ray, that sides, the good sides, get out to an early lead, and then the game sort of peters out uh, in the end, one hundred seventy three to sixty two. A big win, but to be honest, in as we said, in recent years, this has been a lot worse. Uh, Lee Kimpton kicked nine, his second big bag of the year um, to be best on ground. Billy Ratray, four. Ficarelli, three. Uh, for Nutter Wadding, uh, Brooklyn Gamble Lamb kicked three, and so did Nelson Payne. So uh, hopefully for Nutter Wadding's sake, Ray, they can take this in their stride and, and, and move quickly forward. Yeah, look, the big uh, disappointing thing Nutter Wadding would take out of this game is the fact that they only scored two points in the third quarter. You know, that, that was the only quarter mm. that they really, you know... Uh, were, well, it was not, yeah, nine goals to nothing. Scoreboard. Yeah, mm. that's right. But but, you, but you've got to look at uh, Sylvan, you know, their firepower towards goal, you know, it's phenomenal, really. And, they, you know, they're obviously going to be up there in, you know, at the end, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think, Matt, you've mentioned comparing that to a cold stream who had the midfield strength of last year, you know, they're clearly their, um, you know, their presence up forward is, is what's going to, mm. what's going to really take them forward in, you know, their hopes to win a premiership this year. Yeah. And I think that the only thing I can say about that is compared to last year is you, you can stop Sylvan by stopping the ball getting down there. I think yes. Coldstream's strength was they got the ball, uh, yeah. and then you're always under pressure. So it is different, but look so far so good for Sylvan. And they've beaten some good teams, of course, with Surrey Park. I think they played Surrey Park and Churnside Park already, yeah. Sylvan. So um, they, they've knocked off what we would consider the two biggest contenders. The other game in Division 4 yesterday was Kilsyth and Churnside Park. And, and following along from afar, it looks like Kilsyth have missed a chance. This is their third game against Surrey Park, Forest Hill, Churnside Park, those winnable games of the... Um, you would say top four uh, fancies um, in all games have been right in it. This one's probably the worst one, Ray. In terms of they were up five six to two seven at half time. Churnside got back in front at three quarter time by a goal, mm. um, and from all reports, snuck home. So nine sixteen to ten nine. Uh, Daniel McGee kicked three. Ryan Goodenson kicked four. That's I think seventeen in three weeks for him. He's and. We spoke to Simon Colwell during the week. Yeah. One of our writers said he's as fit as he's ever been, so reaping the rewards. But Kilsyth to be really disappointed not to be able to, to get um, their third win in a row. Yeah, you you look back on that on that scoreline. You know, it was the third quarter that won this game for Turnside. You know, they've they've kicked uh, four goals. You know, to, four goals. Four seven. Goals seven. Four yep. goals. Seven. It's been pretty even in the, in a very tight you know last quarter. So it was the third quarter, the Premiership quarter. You know, they've done the job. But uh, you know, they were looking down the barrel Turnside at half time. There's no doubt about that. But uh, look, a great game, and it's great to see that uh, you know. Even in in this division, there are really tight games; they're not blowouts. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a it's a big contrast contrast to last year. And, yeah, they'll, they'll be disappointed because they they're coming off 
uh, yeah. two wins in a row. So well, if they'd won, they'd be second. Would have, yeah, yeah, yeah. It may may kill their momentum a little bit, but as, as you see, they've got Silver next week, so that's a bit of a bit of a challenge. But you know, they're in the right spot, Kilsyth, and and it's important for Churnside Park to to be in that final spot this year because I think with with how they're going with the list they've got, their their best is is good enough to to challenge in finals. I think. They've yeah. got, they got silver next week, but Matt Fodia might come out with one of his uh, predictions. Then oh, I'm happy with my Corey North Forest pill prediction, Ray. I might sit back on – I'm about one and eight this year, okay. so I'll take me one and, and go All with right. it. I guess, yeah, the, and I think across the whole league, the outlier is Oakley District, and again, we we sort of mentioned on every podcast, it's just the way the cookie crumbled and they keep fighting on. I think their reserves managed to hit the scoreboard for the first time this season yesterday, so that's a, a positive sign for them. But across the, the whole division, that's that's about the only outlier in terms of real big margins. I know Upper Gully are struggling, yeah, um, but they've been better than many predicted. Um, and then obviously Fair Park <laughs> yeah. have been the, jumped out of the box. So Furniture Gully are another winless side, but obviously as we know, that they're, they're losing, but they're not. They're obviously in every game. Yeah. And then obviously uh, Berwick and North Ringwood in Premier Division. We'll get to them later as well. But it's a good sign across the whole competition that, that all these games are competitive, right? Yeah, it's great for the competition, you know. No one wants to go and see one And it's great for the clubs too, isn't it? It yeah. gives you oh, yeah. a bit more, yeah. you know, yeah. a bit more purpose and reason yeah. to get to training in the middle of June, July and, and when it's a bit wet as it was yesterday. We'll jump into Division 3 and the game that everyone sort of had half an eye on, especially early on, was Warrandyte and Whitehorse. Um, obviously, Warrandyte not at their best uh, so far this year, despite having three wins going into yesterday. And Whitehorse have played some good footy. They've knocked off Donvale and Coldstream, two pretty good sides. They were in this game up to their eyeballs at halftime, Ray. Uh, and then a, a big, and like you said, a big second half. So Warrandyte, 10 goals to, to five after halftime. And they shared them around, which is really impressive. Phillips, two. Quinn Clark, two. Connor Bowden, two. And Tommy Tout. Uh, two as well for, for Warren Dyke, Taylor Hayton, the Ruckman, in the best players. A really important win for Warren Dyke because they were getting by, but as you said on Friday, yeah. it was sort of by the skin of their teeth, whereas that's a big statement. Yeah, and to have Chris Tout coming back into that side, mm-hmm. he was out the game that we saw up at Fernty Gale, and he, he's a big mover in that Warren Dyke midfield as well, you know. That, uh, you know, look, it, it, they'd be very happy with their second half, there's no doubt about that, because, you know, look, Whitehorse are one of these sides that, you know, I think they're probably, if you look at a fixture and you come up against Whitehorse, I think that's a game that you know, you're never really confident going in, into against. And that, well, I mean, they've still knocked off, they've been able to knock off Don Val. Cold stream. Who's yeah? This is a. I think this year. is a really impressive win by Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. look, that you know they've been able to put the foot on foot on the pedal in that uh, second half and really extend the lead because you're right. You know their wins have been you know that sort of two to three goal margin. So you know that's impressive. And we, you know, I, I, I'm really high on on Warren Diet. I, I thought last week, you know, I, I I think it was you know they're plagued with injuries and they seem to just be you know hanging on in that game and you worried when they were going to play some maybe some high quality sides if that would if that would impact them but you know with how white horses going so far that's a pretty impressive win so so Ryan where, do, where does the buy sit with you in this division because now Warren died as you said you know they've struggled through they've won two games they've looked good yesterday now they get the buy where does that you know where does well they'll be happy with it because they've oh, as, as Paul Donner yeah. said they're ravaged yeah. in injuries so to be four and one and have yeah. beaten Waverley Blues Donvale um, and Whitehorse. So yeah. they've beaten three, three of their wins were against the top five. Their one losses to Coldstream, who's sitting in third. We'll get to their game um, yeah. shortly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Warrandyte, they're super stuck with the ball. I'm sure Paul Donner, who will yeah. be telling everyone, don't go outside. 
sit in, sit on your foam roller, do yeah. your stretches, yeah, um, and let's get back out of it. The interesting thing as well is Waverly Blues haven't had the buy and bought forward a game from the yes. second half of the yes. year to play on Good Friday, so they they were they will be two games ahead. they're two games out of some sides. They'll be two, they'll be three games out of some sides, and, and every yeah. side plays two buys. Everyone has two buys, right. so yeah. the Waverly Blues yeah. I think will cop. They'll cop three in the next little period because them and Fern Gully bought a game forward. So in the second half of the year, yeah. Waverly Blues will have two buys yeah. just because they bought that forward. But they'll yeah. also, at the moment, they're a game ahead of Warrandyte yeah. purely because they've played an extra one. Yeah. But yeah, on back to Warrandyte, yeah, I think they'll be super happy. And then for Whitehorse's point of view, it's sort of, they've won both their games at home. So I think the next step yeah. for Duncan Jones' side is, okay, when we go to a Donvale or when we go to a Waverly, let's try and pinch yeah, them at home. Yeah. But Whitehorse have also, like we said, played... So they've played four games. They've played the top four. Yeah. Um, they've played Coldstream, who they beat. They've played Donvale, who they beat. And they've lost to Warrandyte and Waverly Blues. So yeah. it's what big month for Whitehorse now because if they can bank the four wins from those sides below them, they will be right in that finals mix. Yeah, you're right. And I think, obviously, Duncan Jones is very confident that they have a list to do that. And that, I think that they're going to be that sort of that fourth to fifth spot in the end, um, really yeah, fight we'll, for that it, last The race for fourth is going to be, gonna be – It'll be tight. It, You'd yeah, say on paper, Donvale are the third seed. So you, Waverly Blues, Warrandyte, Donvale, and then yep. Coldstream and Whitehorse seem to be the race for fourth because as much as Scoresby and Fair Park are winning games early, I, I don't think they'll be able to win enough to make finals. Yeah, yeah I, no, I, agree. I agree. I agree. And so, I think Whitehead, White, I'd, I'd put Whitehorse ahead of Coldstream. Well, they've beaten them. So yeah. it'll be a big game when those two sides and, go back out to Colby. Yeah. And, and just on Warrandyte, you talk about the buy. After the buy, they've got Scoresby, Fair Park, Glen Waverley. So that's a real chance to start banking some wins there. Is that Fair best. Park, was it? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Warren Warren Knights, Knights, yes. Scoresby, Fair Park, Glen Waverley before they, they take on some of the, the top top side. So, you know, that's a chance to, to get some wins back and hopefully be able yeah, well, to get Warren a lot of their list back by... They could go to the turn with only the one loss, yeah, really. Yeah. And and the match of the round, boys, would have to be Whitehorse and Fair Park. You look at the fixture coming up. You know, Coldstream have got Scoresby. Donvale have got Glen Waverley. Ferntree Gully have got to play Waverley Blues. And, and the game of the round, as far In as that I'm division, thinking, Whitehorse yeah. and Fair Park would be the game of the round. Absolutely, because if Fair Park are to pinch that, then they... They continue to bob yeah. their hand up for finals, yeah. but I still think that in their head, every win is one that pulls them away from relegation. So at the yeah. moment, with a double relegation, they are safe, but they've drifted down each week after those first two. A, a loss to, to Coldstream by 10 goals or so. Again, it's just a, the sort of, there's two or three quarters each game, isn't there, Ray, that, that where teams sort of to blow away. Darcy Carrigan kicked three on his return to Coldy in a best yeah. on grab performance. He is an out-and-out gun. Fair Park, yeah, I just... They'll probably look for the buy two themselves, right? Yeah. As a chance, especially with a young, they're a younger team now. Fair Park, they got that those two wins early with momentum. They might be looking forward to to their another chance to put their feet up, reset, and go again. Yeah, yeah, they probably would. But I, I personally don't think they'll be relegated. They'll, they'll win enough games. Well, to it stay looks up. like Ferntree Gully another yeah. loss. They went down to Scoresby by yeah. two goals. Yeah. Um, and again, nine it's, four scores. We straight kicking. Benjamin Bronzke with with five. Jack Flannery four for the, the gully. Those two players were, were their respective sides best on grounds. Fringe gully for all their praise we gave them last week are now zero and five. So with double relegation, it's it's looking bad. Well, that's a hard. Yeah. That's a real tough uh, hole to get out of. And obviously, they've still got some some really uh, you know strong sides to come. They've got. I mean, look look at the next two: Waverly Blues and Donvale. You know, they, you, that's zero and seven. That, I think they've still yeah. got to play Cold Stream off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's hard because I think we we sat there 
And I said they were a much better side than it, what O4 suggested. That was a game they probably should have won in the end. They, they just had so much of the ball and they just weren't able to convert up, up forward. Um, I don't know. You know. Obviously, Flannery there has kicked four. Um, and I thought last last week they, they put D, uh, DSO down there a bit. And they would, well, they play, sort yeah, of play, so I think they got Harvey. So the thing is, though, and I'm with you watching the game, I was like, they're better than 0-4 or 0-5 now. But eventually, Ray, the ladder doesn't lie. Um, and unfortunately for Ferntriali, the latter is yeah. saying they're the worst team in the yeah, division. Yeah. Well, well, when you guys keep saying you know they're better than what they are, well, up until this week, I would have agreed with you. But now the hair starts standing up on the back of my neck because are they better than what what, what they're producing? Because if they were better than what they're producing, they'd, they'd beat be Scoresby. They would be, yeah. be oh, beating these teams like Scoresby and that nothing against Scoresby. But, uh, you know, so maybe are we putting too much into the into the variability of, the, of their play or not because I don't think they're I don't think they are as good or better than what well, they are the only thing I will say is that percentage often is uh, sometimes a better indicator so scores in fair park have the lowest percentage but I but you could also argue that that's just their tendency to maybe against the team yeah. like Wavered Blues go nah we're done chuck yeah. the hand up yeah. and have a big loss Fringe Gully won't do that but score but scores in fair park when they're in the game have yeah. been able to win them and that's yeah. the thing like you look at Again, we talked about goal king last week for Furniture Gallery. They had they kicked three four to two one in the third quarter. Again, more yeah, scoring yeah. shots, but Scoresby take their opportunities, keep the lead, and in the last quarter, two one to one two. So, yeah, it's just you worry for Furniture Gallery, Ray, because on paper they should be a really powerful club in the higher divisions. They've got such a big catchment area. They've got a lot of juniors. I think they're. I know it probably doesn't relate to senior success, but they have a lot uh, of yeah. they've had a lot of players get drafted into the AFL. Yes, um, so they've obviously got something going right with their junior program. It doesn't correlate into their seniors, unfortunately. Yeah, look, as we've said, you know, each club finds its own level, and we've said, Ben, uh, Maddie, you know, uh, Frenchy Gale are one of the sides that should be playing in a mm-hmm. higher division now, particularly after they won that flag, and you know, twenty sixteen or something. Yeah, like twenty sixteen. Yeah, you yeah. would have thought, well, they're on the way, they're on the move, but but realistically, you know, if you have a look at it, they've gone backwards since then. Oh. Does- yeah, does that go back to what Brash said about yesterday? He mentioned about the players that they've lost, the younger talent. I think Jesse Smyth won. I think yeah, that's so the Hallow Smyth, brothers play at and Hallow. And maybe you're in, not sure, at Mitcham. Yeah. There's, a, there's a set of three at Mitcham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hallow is, and then Nick Hallow's at the base and yeah. uh, Noops yesterday, yeah, was Noops it, for, yeah. for Borrelia? Really impressive. That's another one. It's one of those ones where yeah. you, you sort of need someone ready to go to, to uh, those young blokes. If we can all just stick, stick at it for two years, we might be able to get somewhere. Um, obviously, they got Luke McComb back. I'm sure they'd love Robbie, but he's a yeah. bulldog, so that must be yeah. a, a stretch too far. But yeah. Luke got injured. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a hard one for them because at 0-5, yeah. um, it's it's a long way back. The other game in this division was the Waverley Blues uh, holding off Glen Waverley. A danger game for the Waverley Blues every time, isn't it, Ray? I think the record against Glen Waverley in recent years has been pretty poor, and it, they, were, they kept them scoreless in the first quarter, and then Glen Waverley kicked three goals to one, and I'm sure there would have been a few uh, itchy heads um, out at Waverley Blues just going, not again, but they were <laughs> able, to, able to get them across the line in the end, and in the end, if they'd kicked straighter, would have won comfortably. Playstead with three, Josh Williamson two um, for the Waverley Blues. Playstead in the best players, along with Sam Meyer, who's having a good fortnight. Um, as much as they've had an extra game, the Waverley Blues, they are looking good. Oh, they're looking good. There's no doubt about that, even without that extra game. And uh, and, and maybe, you know, uh, it could be a good move having played that extra game because as the grounds get a bit heavy, you might pick up a few injuries and to have that extra week off, it, it could be could play a part. Extra week off. And just having points on the board, as, as much as teams yeah. go, we've got a game in hand. 
points in the bank are better than points that are up exactly. for grabs. So yep. the way we lose sit on top of the ladder there. Uh, so far, so these bottom two divisions, gents, they're, they're, they're throwing up a couple of curveballs. So back to Division 4 just quickly before we go, Ryan. You love talking about power rankings. Yeah. What, what are your Division 4 power rankings? Sylvan are obviously the number one C, but have any clubs sort of, you know, where have you, have um, you got any big movers? Oh, I think, you know, obviously everyone said it, Sylvan are by far, you know, at, at the top. I, I, I like what I've seen from Churnside Park. We were there that day. Um, I think they're a better side than a Surrey Park or a Forest Hill. I think Surrey Park are probably that third side. Obviously, they've lost a lot of uh, a lot of experience over the off season. Um, but then I think it's wide open. I think I I honestly I don't know if Forest Hills that fourth side anymore. I mean they their form has so been flaky. You could see a Kilsyth or a Croydon North jumping into the four. I could see a or a Croydon North being being able to replace him in the four. Their form has been flaky at best. They're, you know I thought they were back on track with a couple of wins. Um, in the previous weeks, but you know that's another step backward, backwards, and you know nothing take anything not to take any, anything from Croydon North, but that's a game that you know they really need to win. If well, and we said on Friday, yeah. we rate whoever did lose that first game of you know the uh, established teams to, to yeah. Croydon North and Underwing was going to cop it, and yeah. unfortunately Forest Hill it is them. Do you agree with Ryan there? You think that that's these power rankings are pretty good? Oh yeah, I think they're spot on. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these uh, sides live in this division, but but I've been impressed with what I've heard about Churnside Park. Mm. You know, they're good. They're pretty good defensively. They probably haven't. They won't score enough to really no. put away those lower teams. It'll be no. interesting to see how they go against Croydon North yeah. next week. What about Division Three? Waverley Blues, Warrandyte, Donvale are my top three that's, seeds still. Yeah, and then I might Coldstream just above Whitehorse purely because the, the, I think they've got a better home ground advantage, but. Have you got a differing opinion? I've got the same top three. I think Waverley Blues, Warrandyte, that's your, you could be your grand final there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've actually got Whitehorse over Coldstream and I caught a bit of flack for, for where I had him at the start yeah, of the year. That's right, mate. We so can admit I, when we're wrong. I, I really liked I really like what I've seen from so far and I, you know, the win over Coldstream probably just edges that uh, it, just a, a bit more and then I think it's uh, you know it's a bit more open down the bottom there mm-hmm. that those sides you know, really fighting to, to avoid that bottom two. Right. Look, uh, Coldstream, they're intriguing to me. They're a side, okay, they're going okay, but I do think that at any stage they're a side that can put their foot down on the button and, and just get a run on and win, you know, four It'll be interesting five. to see when they play Wavy Blues because both teams like yeah, to score. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, I don't, I don't write Coldstream off at all this, you know, they, they could do that. No, and to, to go straight from obviously last uh, Division 4 straight into a oh, final yeah. series would yeah. be massive. Yeah. Just quick before we go to our first break, double relegation in Div 3. Who's going down? Is it the bottom two now? Glen Wavy and Furniture Gully? I know it's a long season still to go. Well, it looks like it. It yeah. looks like it. You know, they, they've, as... got to, they've got to turn their seasons around dr- dramatically. Because of who they've played to. Both yeah. sides have played Fair Park yeah. and yeah. Scoresby now. Yeah, Scoresby, so they're going to have to pinch a win against one of those top five top seeds sides, that we exactly. talked about. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to a short break here on the Monday recovery. On the other side of this, we'll talk all things at Division 1 and Division 2, and we'll have a chat to Mitchum coach Neil Winterton. Joel wheels around to his left, goes long inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50. They've got to try and get their hands on this fin. Oh, wow, Finn brilliant. Can he kick the goal? Finn Brownie has! So to David Lager, he must have just stepped up his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's, he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. 
He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but he struck it pretty that's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double Cobra. That's the first one of 2021. The Tigers, 2-1-13. First time that... Uh, that Intro has been appropriate, Ryan, because we are talking all about the Mitcham Tigers, and it's not just two in a row, it's three in a row now for them. They've jumped into fourth spot after another tight win, this time over one turner south. Kicked three goals to one in the last. I believe there was a, a grand final premiership reunion was on as well, Ray, so it would have been all happening um, out at the MCG of the East. Jackson Hallow kicked three um, as the Tigers overran the Devils to get three wins on the bounce, and we talked to senior coach Neil Winston. Neil, you guys, you, you don't like winning easy. You, you've got to make it close. Another nail-biter for, for your boys, but, you know, three wins in a row, all of a sudden you're the number four seed. Yeah, you, you certainly uh, you certainly know that, mate. We definitely don't like making, making things easier on our supporters or the coaching staff, which is <laughs> truthful, mate. <laughs> the last few weeks have been pretty pretty stressful, but uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, certainly good to get across the line. I think it's just a, a pretty good indication of how, how even uh, Division One is uh, this year. There's certainly no easy games, and most games, unfortunately, for everyone involved, is, is going to come down to the wire. We've been lucky to, to sneak across the line the last few weeks. In terms of your list this year, you've had out a lot of debutants um, this year. I think Sam Kugel last week after 17 goals in the reserves got a, got a Guernsey. Um, obviously, earlier yep. in the year you had some recruits like Jack Kimber and, and, and someone get a jumper. And then Sam Howe was a late inclusion yesterday. Is it really important for you guys? Your, your reserves are flying at the moment. Is it important to, to give yeah. those guys a taste of senior footy? Because they might be needed to come to back end. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's... Uh Still an unusual year, you know. We've had a few guys pulling out from uh, from uh, COVID absences and stuff like that. So yeah, there's no doubt that uh, your depth is going to be tested right throughout the season. And as you mentioned, our reserves are flying; they're undefeated, and they haven't. You know, I don't think anyone's got within sort of five or six goals of them at least. So yeah, and it's important that you know those guys that that are playing good footy in the reserves are rewarded as well. So no, we're in a pretty fortunate position that uh, we do have a number of guys that are capable. of stepping up and playing senior footy. And, yeah, we, as you said, we, we saw Sammy Howe uh, play his first game yesterday after a, a number of really good years at the club. And, yeah, Sammy Kogel and Harry Beach. And, and uh, yeah, we've had a, had quite a few guys make the debuts for the club this year, which has been pleasing. And, and Neil, just on those, you know, some of the younger players who have been inside for a couple of years now, your, your, your Jackson Hallows, your, your Jesse Irons, you know, they, they continually step up, Jesse Smythe. Uh, What's that? How positive is that for you just to be able to see them, you know, really develop as footballers? Yeah, so they came they all came to the club together and, and we knew that they had such a decorated junior career. They'd played in about six or seven grand finals altogether. So we knew they had a lot of talent and, yeah, they're, they're really now after sort of probably four or so years now um, of playing senior footy, they're, they're really stepping up and becoming, you know, really quality players at, at the level now. Jesse Arendt's out. Our vice captain, and he also coaches our under 19s as well. So, you know, he, he's having a really big impact at the club. And, you know, Jackson Halo was fantastic yesterday. Jesse Smythe, probably one of the most exciting players in the competition. He can stand on your head or kick a goal from 40 out on his left foot. So, you know, Jess Cherry's another one who, who's got a lot of talent as well. So, all those guys have now, with a bit more grounding, have become, you know, consistent, really good senior players. And, and you probably played probably the two of the best sides in the first two weeks. And, um, yep. Uh, since then, you've been undefeated. But what did you learn from the losses to to the likes of Emilbach or and and East Ringwood? Yeah, I think it was good to actually play those two teams pretty early, so it allows you to identify 
what you need to improve on to compete with the best teams. So, and it obviously gives you a, a lot of time um, in the season to do that. So, with Moorbark, we we stayed with them for you know ninety five percent of the day. They kicked a couple of late ones to, to blow the margin out. Um, East Ringwood was probably the one where they got a hold of us for for a lot of the day. I think we really only got within about fifteen points of them at, at any stage. So, I, I think what we need to do is, I mean, every, every team wants to do this. Obviously, is just just play, play play your brand of footy for, for longer periods of time, and we just weren't able to do that for long enough against those two teams. And as you mentioned, those two teams probably seem to be a little bit above everyone else. And I think I think um, there's probably well, pretty much everyone else on the day can beat anyone. But I think what we learned from those first two games is our best footy is good enough to compete with our guys. We just need to be able to do it for longer. Good day, Neil Ray here, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Look at still mate, going around, mate. Bloody hell. I'm still going around, mate, longer than he you He told are. us he retired, but he's still here. <laughs> no, no, look, uh, uh, after those two losses that you spoke about there, uh, you obviously had a belief that, you know, what you were doing was good enough because, you know, you've come back in the last three games and all that. So, uh, you know, you're a very young side and you must have a lot of faith in these young kids. Yeah, I do, Ray. We, we, are, we are very young, but I think... That final series, which uh, we won in, get my years right, because we've missed so much for even the 2019, where, yeah, we're, yeah pretty, pretty much every final, or certainly that first final and the grand final, we were, we were down by, you know, big margins, and, and, the, and the guys could have sort of thrown in the towel and, and said it's not our day, but they, they just fought back, and it just shows the resilience of these guys, and it's been on display this season as well. We were down by two goals at three-quarter time against Lillydale, and managed to fight back and win that game. And, and yesterday against Wanty South, they kicked the first three goals of the third quarter and opened up a 30-point lead. Um, and again, the, the guys could have said, oh, it's not our day. Um, we're not going to win this. But they didn't. They fought back. Um, it started to rain, which I, I was thinking probably wasn't going to help us. But to be able to fight back from, from five goals down against a really good team like Wanty South just sort of shows the resilience of these guys. And, and that's why I've got so much faith in them because they just never give in. In terms of obviously the benefit, of the, sorry, the positives there is the resilience and, and your ability to come from behind. But I think the biggest plus from someone looking externally is the the spread of goal kickers you had yesterday. I think uh, one of the guys on the Friday show mentioned that Parenti and Laval have combined for uh, I'm not sure the number, but it was high eighties, early nineties of your goals. Yep. But to have Jackson Hallow mm-hmm. kick three, as you mentioned, Guy Lachlan two, Jesse Wren not known for his goal kicking popping up with two, and Laval and Parenti not really playing. I'm sure they played big roles, but not the same role they've played in the opening weeks. That would have been pleasing. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, obviously, you know, Jake and, and Tommy Lovell are, are two, you know, two of the best forwards in the competition. So you want to, you know, get as much footy through them as possible, but you can't rely solely on them. So yeah, for Jackson yesterday to, to step up, he kicked three and I think he might have even missed another three or so as well. So he, he, he was hitting the scoreboard. Um, we've got a lot of guys who can hit the scoreboard, like Guy Lachlan, who, who kicked the match winner with about 10 seconds to go. Um, his ability to play through the midfield and, and also be dangerous forward. And Jesse Uren as well. He played a bit more midfield time yesterday. So we do have some guys. You know, Jesse Smith capable of keeping multiple goals as well. So despite the fact we've got two really good key forwards, we, we do think we've got some other avenues to go. And you know, it's important that those guys uh, stand up and, and take their chances. 
And then from a personal point of view, mate, obviously you've had a storied career and, and this year's your first year coaching full-time from the sidelines. Obviously, over the last couple of years, injuries have meant you've had a couple of games from the from the bench. But what's the difference yeah. been like? Do you think your coaching's improved because of your, your viewpoint or do you think there's still a bit of an itch to get out there and, and change things yourself? No, it's been a little bit frustrating at times the last few weeks. But, but uh, no, it's... No, I think I definitely have improved as a coach. You just see a lot more from the boundary. There's certainly some benefits of, of being a playing coach and being out on the field because you can sort of, you know, direct a little bit more out on the field and you can maybe hear, you know, maybe the communication's not as good as you'd like, but you can certainly, you can just set up a lot better, you know, structurally around the footy and behind the footy. So I think coaching from the, from the sidelines has certainly improved my coaching. And, and now that you are coaching from the sidelines, mate, when you get to your quarter time and, and huddle and all that, how much emphasis do you put on your, your uh, assistant coach to do, you know, to look after each line? Yeah, yeah, we, we've got we've got guys that go out and, and chat to, you know, our mids, our forwards and our backs. Um, and I just sort of go through my notes and work out what, what I want to say to the group and, I think you've got to be careful at times when you speak to the group that you don't overload them with information. If you you come out and tell them, you know, eight to ten different things, they're probably not, not going to remember all of them. So if you can just sort of, I think, focus on two or three areas that you think uh, you need to improve on based on what happened on that quarter, I, I think it's important to do that. Well, Neil, it's a big month coming up. As you mentioned, obviously, you played the top two seeds right off the bat. So you've got Montrose, Croydon, Beaky and Upper Gully to come. So hopefully, for your sake, you can win three or four of those and, and hit the turn in good form and in a good spot to make finals. Thanks for joining us on Mother's Day, mate, on the Monday recovery. And uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. No worries, guys. Have a good one. Neil Winston there, Mitchum Senior Coach. Always good to talk to, isn't he, Ray? He's obviously a knowledgeable is, knowledgeable yeah. footballer. One of the Eastern Footy League's greats. Yeah, yeah, he was a great player, you know, in his own right. And uh, he's even a great coach as well, you know. It's, it, some guys just fall into the role. And, you know, I know he was very well respected at Mulgrave and also at Bayswater prior to going to Mitchum. And, uh, you know, when it when. When he finished playing, you know, a lot of clubs get rid of coaches and all that and start again. But no, they've had enough faith with him to stick with him. Absolutely. And, and he mentioned their twos as well. And we don't often, the reserves often get overlooked a little bit um, in, in all our media. And that's just the way it goes. I'm sure it's the same, you know, it's the same everywhere that, you know, the VFL doesn't get as much attention as the AFL. But Mitchum's twos are flying, Ryan. They're undefeated along with Montrose. But their percentage is, you know, 360. I think they were they were up there with Park Orchard's reserves last year. Um, and, and they've had a lot of players in the best week in weekend. Kugel, 17 goals. Sam Howell debuted yesterday as well, being good as a defensive general and clubs like Baronia down the grades and, and Vermont and Blackburn and Roval in recent years who have been successful in all divisions have had strong reserves. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's always helped them, especially at this time of year that you know, a lot of clubs right now are struggling with injuries and they're plagued with them so to have that sort of depth coming in from the two so you have easy easy players that easy come in transition into the to the one side and can be able to replace a, a strong player and obviously you know if you want to take Baronia and Heathorn as an example uh Yesterday, you know, Baronia have, you know, their twos are, have barely lost, I think they've only lost a few games over the last yeah, few yeah. years. And obviously Leggett was out and they had a few others and, you know, they brought in Luke McKinnon and... Uh, yeah, players just step in, just, don't they? They just, 
they find the role. And it's going to happen this year, well. isn't it, Ray, with, with COVID that's oh, still yeah. obviously around, plus obviously injuries from blokes playing a full season of footy as well. I'm, I have no doubt that come a grand final, like I can't remember, was it Alex Birch for South Croydon in 2017 that was late call up because someone had yes. gastro? Yes, um, you know, right. there, there, there'll be that some. That was one of the kings. It was, I think it was Max. A yeah. very valuable player. Exactly. So too. it will happen yeah. that come a final series or a crucial game, someone's going to go down either with, yeah. Yeah. with COVID with with an injury because they're just their body's knackered yeah. and the reserves players are going to have to step up and and not only injuries and that but you know these top up players that come from the VFL too mm. you know they can be grabbed and taken exactly. away from you at any well look time. at Rival yesterday they had four yeah, kids four in that kids young guns game in, yeah. so yeah a massive win for Mitchum they now sit fourth and as Neil said as well right that this division incredibly tight and just looking at the percentage you know we compared the percentages of Div yeah. three and Div four where they're right up there especially. in Div four, obviously with Sylvan, but Wavy Blues have got a strong percentage. Besides up a gully, you know the lowest percentage up there is Beaconsfield with eighty four, and that's probably because they play a pretty low scoring game. But you know Moorabark and East Ringwood and uh, and Croydon are only in the hundred and thirties. Lillardale are in second last with a percentage of one hundred and five, yeah. and Mitchum are in fourth with a percentage of ninety four. So yeah, yeah. it's. It shows how close this division is, and it and it's always been an exciting division, Ray. But it, it seems really exciting this year. It's always been a great a great division. But but you said two uh, two of their next three games, once against Montrose, I think they got yeah, Montrose, Beaconsfield, Croydon, and Upper Gully. So, so you know those three of those are winnable. Oh yeah, and, well, the four are winnable, but three. You if know, they you want to make the finals, yeah. They'd have to win minimum two. They win three of those. Yeah. They head to the turn yeah. six and three. Sure, yeah. All of a sudden as well, with given how often teams are pinching games from each other in this division, yeah. if you can get a consistent run on, you really help yeah. yourselves. Yeah. And, and yeah. consistent runs, Croydon yeah. are one yeah. of them. Um, you know, we were a bit – we weren't sold on them in the preseason. We thought they might drop off a little bit. And whilst their performances on field aren't quite as scintillating as previous years, Ryan, they keep winning. They're now in second on the ladder after a big win over Upper Gully. Uh, Constantino kicked three, Troy Broussard and Riley Britton three as well. They won 105 to 22. Rory Bailey, two goals for Upper Gully. Good day for the Brashers, Ray. Both Brasher boys, Max and Zach, in the best place. Brony and Upper Gully. So uh, good stuff for the Brasher family. But Croydon, four and one, doing as they need to do. And, and they're another side that they're probably not as eye-catching, uh, as I mentioned just before. But we'll probably be in the, right in the mix. Well, they're one, that club, one of those clubs that just, you know, obviously... You know, it's a big win yesterday, but before that, they were sort of just getting over the line. I think they, Lilydale had a really inaccurate uh, game against them, but you know they were still able to get the job done. Now uh, they've they've beaten Bayswater, um, so they look they're stacking up the wins. You know, for now they're banking them early, and you know they've had a few injuries as well, so they'll get a few players back. And you know, I think they're going to be riding that in that mix or that sort of that fourth to fifth. Maybe even third spot. I think, I think Croydon probably have grass on third, given that how many teams can't get a run on Ray. The fact exactly. that they're banking them. Yeah, so no, you're right. No, look, look. I think that their strength at Croydon is obviously their firepower going forward. You know, I think they've got the forward line that can kick good. Big well, they, they found they found a couple of recent weeks because the knock on them in the first few weeks is that it was Constantino or bust. But now with yeah. Riley Britton King three, albeit against Upper Gully, but it's a good chance, a good confidence starter. Yeah. Jared Clark's re- return to the lineup and Troy Broussard's popped up with goals the last couple of weeks. So that is probably the thing that they've improved over the last fortnight. Without a doubt, yeah. Murabak and East Ringwood was the game that everyone was talking about, looking into for this round. Two undefeated sides coming head-to-head uh, at Heights Reserve. East Ringwood jumped out of the blocks, four goals to one. They, they looked to just be holding steady, but the second half, uh, Murabak made a late surge, got it back to under two goals 
at three-quarter time and then ran over the top of them to win 74-62, to 11-8 to 9-8, two clean goals. Uh, kicked nine goals to three in the second half. Aaron Mullet kicked three, Ryan Simmons and Jai Jordan two, uh, Trent Farmer and Sahaf Ali two goals apiece for East Ringwood. The best players, Austin Smith, Riley Monkhurst, Aaron Mullet, Heath Hocking. That's four really big names in Bucks best players. Yeah. Two of them with AFL experience, one of them with a lot of VFL experience and obviously a famous father and Austin Smith's coming off a league medal, Ryan. Yeah. Bucks star power might just pip East Ringwoods. I think East Ringwoods got more across the board, but yesterday the Stars were able to get them across the line. Yeah, I was, I was actually a bit surprised to see the result. I thought, um, you know, we were checking the results all day and East Ringwoods sort of just had that, you know, comfortable lead. And I think I what I, I thought the conditions may suit East Ringwood. Their structure, especially defensively, they're just set up really well. So, you know, for Moorbach to pinch that is, is really impressive. But you're right, their star power, you know, I mean, they've got enough to, to really... Uh, I mean, to, you know, their forward line's really strong. You don't have to rely on Mullet. They've got other players down there, and, you know, they've got a really strong midfield. So, you know, they're, I think they're, you know, two two different sides, but two really strong sides in different ways, Ray. Yeah, there's nothing really uh, much, uh, you know, dividing these two sides. Look, these two sides could play, you know, every day of the week, and you'd have a different result every time. It's just a matter who's going to be switched on on the day. You know, I would have personally thought that East Ringwood would have won that game. I would have thought that the, maybe the conditions went a little bit against East Ringwood. I, to me, they would you know, prefer it to be dry and move the ball a little bit quicker. But Mirrorbach, you know, you've got to give them their credit. They're, uh, you know, they, they've got away with the points. And uh, as I said, to me, there's not much at tall between the two of them. No, and, and I know Ben Osborne was in isolation, so not coaching on the sideline, so he might be able to put a little bit to that. But, yeah, it looks like they just yeah, overrun something Eastering will learn from. Um, and, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they play each other on the back stretch, and I'm sure yep. we'll cover that game um, where it is. Because, as Neil said, they look to be the one-two seed. And, and as much as Croydon are doing um, what they need to, it does yeah. seem as if Moorabark and East Ringwood are well out in front there. The other game in this division we haven't covered, Bayswater and Lillardale. No best players or goal kicks from Bayswater, unfortunately, for us. So we'll just go with the Lillardale stuff. Jordan Dworski kicked threes, having a really good season um, as, a, as a goal sneak. But they went down Lillardale 9-14 to 11-5. So they had... 23 scoring shots to 16, but Bayswater pipped them by three points. Um, game was pretty even at all stages. Lidl in front at half time and three quarter time, and then four goals, one to three goals, three in the last. Lidl, as I mentioned, with their percentage rate, that shows as well that they probably should have won more than one game. Neil mentioned that Mitchum, you know, had a three goal deficit against them uh, when yeah. they played them there. They should have beaten Croydon in round one on scoring shots, and that another missed opportunity against Bayswater here. Do you think they're a side that you know just really need to win to win one of these hard games and then th- everything so. will, will click in? They're but, pretty young, but but I, can you see uh, either of these sides playing finals? Because I, don't, I can't. No, I don't that. think so. I think, but like and as Neil said, they're all danger sides in yeah. terms of you can't rest on your laurels against the Ludo or Bayswater. But no, yeah. I don't think either of them's got it in them to make finals, um, just because, like you said, no. Ludo have been in three games now that close, and yeah. for more reports, they're just sort of panicking. But that, as you mentioned as well, when you're young. Yeah. And you don't, you haven't won one of these games. Yeah. You get to the situation again, and you start, you know, you start getting a little yeah. bit nervous yeah, and, and anxious. So <laughs> it, it, it can roll on, can't it, Ryan? Yeah, it is. It, but this is a, a way different compared to last year. You know, they're probably the same. I think they were one and four last year. At this stage. it was different, but it, yeah, it, is, it is completely is. different. Yeah, you can yeah. see where where Luke's taking them, and you know the the signs are there. They've obviously had a, a few changes over the off season. Um, but they're in games and, you know, they should be winning them. But, you know, that comes, there's a lot of inexperience there. So it's just going to be winning those close ones 
against the likes of a Bayswater. Or It'll be Mitchell. one of those ones where next year when we're all doing our crystal bowling, that we look at the ladder and don't think about it too much and go, oh, Ludo only won four games, but they were in 12 yeah, of them. 12 and of them. then next yeah. year they win a couple more of them and all of a sudden the ledger can turn exactly. so quickly. As we've seen, maybe Rover <laughs> were another example of that in Premier Division and, and Baroni or even in Division 2. We'll head down to Division 2 now. And the biggest story as well, we were out at Heathmont. We'll talk about that shellacking in a bit. But Mulgrave knocked off South Belgrave. Ray, you saw South Belgrave last week and... And agreed with everyone that you couldn't see how teams were going to beat them. They no, had I, Mitch Garner, they had the Fords, yeah. you know, Tim Smith. I talked to Davo yesterday, said he's the best player he's seen in a long time in this yeah, competition. Yeah. Garner, as you said, he, he catches it, he taps it, he does everything. Yeah. They added Taylor Garner and he kicked a goal. But Mulgrave, flying at the moment, that's a massive win. Look, that, that is a huge win. Having not seen Mulgrave, but, uh, you know, and some of their performances early in the year weren't, you know, weren't anything to really look at. But uh, they've certainly, uh, with that win yesterday, as I'm with you, Matty, I, I couldn't see anybody beating South Belgrave. But, uh, you know, they certainly, just take nothing away from Mulgrave. They've done it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and how much, is it a fortress down there at Mulgrave? Well, they're playing at Wellington Reserve, so not at Mulgrave this oh, year. Okay. They're at Wellington Reserve, is which it? may have played a little bit of a factor in it that it might be a bit smaller than usual. Yeah. But, you know, Baronia beat Mulgrave pretty handily in round one there. Yeah. Um, but since then, Mulgrave, like Ryan Webster said on last week's Monday Recovery, that they the Ringwood game and the game East Bell game, they should have won, didn't. And he was worried that they were going to have a little old season where you just keep losing those yeah. games. Yeah. So last week's win over Heathmont really buoyed them. And they've obviously carried that in because you looked at the scores, Ryan, and each time it was like, okay, South Belgrave's two points in front at quarter time, one point down at half time. Yeah. They'll blow them away. They'll yeah. blow them away, and yeah. it just never happened. No. Well, yeah, we were waiting for that in that second half. But, yeah, I mean, how positive is it to have, you know, still Booth to be, you know, he's been in the well, best every, Booth, he, every he'll game. He'll play he's 45. Like he's 39, <laughs> I think, now, I or 40. is still playing really well, playing good football. You know, obviously, you know, I'm, you've probably seen look, him play. Oh, yeah, look, but the advantage of, of Boothie is that he's so big. He's so and he, big. And he's got a great vertical leap as well. Yeah, and he kicks goals. You know, he doesn't miss many. I can remember one day down, he kicked 17, I think it was, against Rovall one day down there at Seabeck Oval. Yeah. And, yeah, and that was that was. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, it seemed like playing, 20 years yeah. ago. But no, but look, he, he, he is fantastic. But as I said, his big attribute is he's big, he's got huge hands, he can mark the ball. Well, he and, was pretty sure he was a volleyball or basketball junior, so he didn't play footy, footy until no. he was 18, 19, which means his body's not quite as weathered no. as it would seem on paper, and he's no, obviously no. got that jump. That, that's right, yeah. So, no, and, no. and yeah, but you but you look at it, so Booth and Sekulis in the best players again, but Jackson Gervasoni, but Davidson, Griffin James, Nathan Lee, each week there are new new Others names popping up, up yeah. which is a key, and you know, it's a real credit to what Ryan Webster's done. They're now in fifth position on the ladder, and given the, given how Heathmont were yesterday, they're second last, and, and I know they're getting players back, but it's a long way to come back. Temple still one and four. They they pushed Ringwood. We'll talk about that game in a second, and the Basin got their first win. If Mulgrave now, they've played the, the toughest five sides. They've yeah, played yeah. Bronia. They've played East Bill, They've played Ringwood. They've played South Borough, and then Heathmont. Yeah. So they've only really got the Basin in the next well, few weeks to come. They should really now go into the turn with a positive ledger, yeah. and from there, it's anyone's game. Their, yeah. nec- their next three is Templestone, Knox, and Oakley District. So uh, you, well, you, you wouldn't say, you the wouldn't say they're losing any of them. Any no, of those, and, no, that's, no. and that's before you, you get back into the, the Basin and you know the Baronia and Ringwood sort of side. So well, and they've, they and they've pushed all of them as well. Yeah, well, they have. And even yeah. I think, you know, I, you know, I spoke with what, a few of the boys what's from Baronia last. Uh, they're... Percentage. 95. Yeah. yeah. So even with those three games coming up, mm. if they put the foot down, their percentage is going to jump as and well. And that's the thing as well in this division that obviously yeah. the Oakley District game means that until we get to the halfway point, percentage is going to be hard to get a read yeah. on. But 
you mentioned mole rape. Like not only that, but they've they've really put put a message out that they beat South Barrow now. They yeah. should have beaten Ringwood. Yeah. And for, if it wasn't for a late they injury tried. against Eastfield, they had all the momentum. Yeah, they could easily be four and one, and yeah. it'd be a great. It'd be a great story if they were to sneak into finals, given oh, that even yeah. they, even talking to some of their players earlier in the year at the media day, they were a bit nervous that they were going to go backwards. They yeah, just thought yeah, that yeah. they'd lost a few players. They'd lost, um, was it Tommy McGowan? They'd lost a couple of players back to the country. They were internally a bit nervous. nervous. And now after five weeks, they're going better than anyone could have predicted. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a credit to Ryan Webster, but also the club, because uh, as I said, they haven't been able to play yeah. At their ground, it yeah. seems for six years, yeah. and when they do play, there's no rooms or there's a, you know, no net behind the goals or the grass is up to your yeah. knees. So they're, they're, they're doing incredibly well, did, well. Didn't Ryan say they didn't even know they were going to be at Wellington Reserve? Well, they until had the Thursday or something. So last that, yeah, week, the, so the new rooms that the state government's putting up, the arrangement that they had offered wasn't going to be enough to have like a, to have make money. A barbecue in a canteen. Yeah. So, Glen Wa- not Glen Waverley Rovers, it's Wellington Hawks or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, there it said, well, you can use this ground. Um, so, yeah, I reckon three weeks out they found out they were playing there. Yep. So, yeah. they, they, they trained on it six times. So, <laughs> so they're going to get better as the season yeah. goes on. So, so, there was no home ground advantage. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, it'll be really interesting to see how they progress because… And, and what a great story that would be if Mulgrake can play finals because it's been a, a bit of a drought yep. there. Well, they've been one of those clubs we talk about, Forest Hill, maybe drifting into yeah. the obscurity for a bit. Yeah. Mulgrave were yeah. absolutely in obscurity. Yeah. They were in, they were in second, uh, the second division. Yeah. Division two now, Division one yeah. for years, but finished yeah. eighth every year. It seems exactly just to and then yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. so, it, sometimes you have to go down to go up, but yeah, it, it would be incredible. And that's the thing about this top five this year. It seemed like Tempe or or someone was going to get the spot, but with Heathmont yeah. Basin struggling now, it's opened it right up. Yeah. Um, speaking of Temple Stowe, just quickly there, they they had a big chance to knock off Ringwood. They were up by four goals at half time and quarter time, um, and didn't get cold in the third term. And Ringwood piled on five to none. Brett Rowe continues to to stamp his authority as the best coach in the comp. Ringwood undefeated um, with with players out. Mitch Burton kicked four, Zach Cullen and three. Best on ground was Ashley Stag. Um, just keep doing the job, Ray. They've only conceded 250 points so far this year, Ringwood. Um, and, and as I said, they've only conceded 15 scoring shots. Tempe just kicked straight. So, so far, so good. Yeah, what can you say about them? You know, they're, they're travelling in every aspect of the game. They're, they're, you know, you tick them off and you know, they must be very happy down there at the at Ringwood. Yeah, I really like the Cairns brothers from, from the uh, game that I saw against Heathmont. Uh, Callanan's quite dangerous up forward. Um, when he gets a bit on a bit of a roll. Burton's another one. And they put up a post of Mitch Burton yesterday with the guns out. <laughs> Massive. <laughs> Almost too big. Yeah. And they're just, you know, on, uh, on Temple Star, you know, obviously the score, the score line there, you know, just 23 quickly, shots sorry, to 15. The best players for Temple Star all started with them. Mark Ferraro, <laughs> Max Otten, Marcus Cantwell, Michael Fogarty, Matthew Nagel, Matthew Zukowicz. Yeah. That That's a rarity. Happen? That's got to be a... Six M's. <laughs> they, need, they need other names down there, right? Everyone's getting confused. No, I, yeah, I, I, sorry, we'll, we'll circle back there. But what a Temple Stowe, that's a better performance, Ryan. It, but. Yeah, it is. I mean, we talked about it in the other week. I think it was against Knox or someone. They had they get the first five goals of the game. Or actually, could have been could have been South Belgrave against. Um, but they kicked the first five goals of the game, and then just didn't kick a goal for the rest of the, rest of the day. So yeah. at least here, they against a really good side. They kept fighting in that third quarter. You know. Weren't able to score, but you know they would get a couple back in the last quarter to in a bit of an even final term. But you know, without the uh, you know the star power that you know once you know no cloak, you know they lose some of their 
you know, top end talent, they just don't really have the depth or anyone to to come in and cover it. I think well, they were aware of that, though. Yeah, well, they're aware of it. They're obviously on, a, you know, got a five year plan or whatever, and you know, this is the start of it. So they'll they'll, they'll weather the storm and you know go through some hard times and uh, hope they come out the other end. Percentage wise, as well though, their, their percentage is still in the nineties, despite the one win. So, so outside of the the bad loss to East Burwood, they've actually been okay. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. In each one, speaking of East Burwood, they got a big win over Oakley District, twenty eight twenty one eighty eight two two fourteen. Riley Adard seven, Matthew Mariani six, Marcus Young five. That's pretty much all we can say from that game. There, top of the ladder, East Burwood, five five wins in a row. They have got Ringwood and South Belgrave to come in the next couple of weeks, I believe. Um, okay. Yeah, next South couple of so. So we should know more about them, and they haven't played Baronia either. Have they? Uh, no, they have. They, they beat oh, of Brony, course they yeah. beat Brony. They yeah, haven't played the Basin. They haven't yep. played the Basin. Yeah. So um, we'll know more about East Bill, but they keep going up, Ray. I'm a little bit with you. And a, a part of me, and I'll let people behind the curtain, a part of me was like, I just wouldn't mind if they just finished sixth for a year. They don't <laughs> need to make finals. They can go up. But look, credit to them. They're, they're going really well. And they've got a lot of young players coming through their 19s that have hit the ground running. So uh, another big win for the Rams. We'll know more about them in a month. Let's travel out to HE Park and now then, Ryan. Uh, yep. You know, we'll do the base and it knocks after this. It was an absolute shellacking. We've got to give a bit of time to Baronia because Matt Clark said on the pregame that they identified that last year teams had figured out get the ball on the outside, Baronia can't catch you. Well, now they've added a bit of speed and they've added some goals in Ben Robinson. Yeah, exactly. And well, he was obviously there, but he's kicking goals. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. you know, I mean, he talked, Clark, he talked about that Robinson played more of a centre half forward role. So he's moved him back and Closer to the goal, and it's it's made a huge difference. That's the second time this year that he's kicked seven. He's already got, you know, well into the twenties so far. Um, but just you know the class that they had um, with you know the Mel's brothers, Hannon, they just used the ball so well. Ryan White's a, a really good player as well. You know, um, Nick Noop stood up as well. They just they used the ball well. They uh, their when they and when they didn't have it, their pressure. You know, Heathmont just didn't. You know, and I, I did feel bad for the Jessicas undermanned and. As soon as they had any, you know, they had two two Brony players be on them straight away. They weren't able to get anything. They easy got sucked going. in, and this has been a thing I've been on all year. Right, it seems a lot of games we're watching as the media team. The losing side are just like it. Maybe it's a bit of desperation to get back into it, but they always get sucked to the ball, and the opposition just hold their width, and they've got runners. Baldwin did yeah, it great against yeah. Blackburn on Good yeah. Friday. You know, uh, not many other games have been as bigish blowouts as that. But even South Croydon did it really well against Blackburn. And then yesterday, there was times where Heathmont had all the numbers, couldn't win the footy, and then Baronia just went bang, yeah, a bit yeah, like yeah. Melbourne doing the AFL. Yeah. So out of this game, with a scoreline like that, obviously uh, it all starts in the centre. So did Baronia dominate the centre clearances? Yeah, or not? The, or did, Heathmont yeah. are down a lot of tools. So Finn Brown's rucking, and he started well. Yeah. And then Josh Hannon. I got those two confused all day. I knew they were Hannon's. Josh, Josh is Hannon's the ruckman. Right, yeah. He didn't have quite the leap, but as the day wore on and Finn's legs got a bit tired, he was able to body out, okay. and he just towed up the second ruckman. Yeah. And then when they had Malice, Hannon, Jake Mallis, you know, Fletcher, uh, Duke, Fletcher Duke, Ryan White yeah, went yeah. through there, Noah Jackson. They had a lot of, yeah, Baroni's midfield group were really good. So early on, Heathman won a couple, but it was also the quality of clearance. I think if yeah. you looked at the stats later in, on the week, they might be even, but when Heathman got a clearance that was tapped down straight to a Burley or someone like that who just slapped it on the boot yeah, or gave I mean, a quick handle to someone else who slapped it on the yeah, boot and yeah. then Baroni was set up. There was a couple of times when Mitch Mallis got the footy Stopped, and obviously he's a star. What is it? Two Rangers, best yeah. and fairest you know, medals, Williamstown, Vermont. So obviously a gun player. But he got the footy, and rather than just panicking and firing off to someone who might have someone in their hammer, he saw a gap like a rugby yeah. league fullback, yeah. went through the gap, mm. stepped out of trouble, got into space, and then can use the footy. There was one in the third or fourth quarter. It might have been the fourth quarter. 
got it, beat a tackler, got out of the pack, switch right out wide to the wing. Yeah. Robinson gets on the end of it, kicks a goal. And it was just a piece of play where you, and it was what Brony have been missing. But it was the difference between a Ryan Burley who gets a lot of the footy as well, but Mitch Malice is able to get through and, okay. it, and so on. So good, at any yeah. stage, did Heathmont ring any changes or that to try and stop I the think, flow? Or I think, did they, they, just think they did. They are undermanned. You yeah, can yeah. tell there was a lot of guys out there that having watched Heathmont a couple of times, obviously th- over the past few years, there were a couple There were a couple of people out there where you're like, oh, I've, I've not seen him before. Um, but, yeah, they look, they ring the changes, but there was just an onslaught pretty much after the, the five minutes into the second quarter. Um, oh. Heathmont kicked the first two. Yeah. And then they kicked the first of the second quarter, and then after that, it was it was just an onslaught. I think it says a lot more about Baronia than Heathmont, and just okay. you know, you can forget about the scoreboard as such because you know, as soon as you get the side gets on top like that, when you're out and you're undermanned, you know, it can really blow out. But just the quality of football they played is, you know, something that can I think can stack up in in September when you do play. You know, a Ringwood as yeah, such. They've added speed. Ryan Henderson's gone to centre forward. So he offers a, another marking target, um, which I thought was really good. And then when Hannon and Noops were sort of rotating in the ruck, both of them uh, have a presence up forward. So, well, And it, Luke Hannon was able to go forward as well and provide more of a, yeah. an attacking midfield role, whereas in previous years he's sort of been more of a defensive midfielder. Okay. Yeah. So it's clear that Matt Clark has obviously noticed that over the past couple of seasons they don't score enough. Yeah. So they've put an emphasis on it. And you can see in the fact that you know they've kicked 485 points this year. Um, obviously they've played Oakley District as well, but that, that's only Eastfield has got more than them. But they've also just pumped Heathmont. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm with Ryan. It, it said more about Baronia than Heathmont. But Heathmont are one and four percentage of 60, I know they've got players out, but everyone's got players out. Yeah. It, it, you've got to turn the wheel soon or else it, it may not turn at all because that's what the Basin did yesterday. Under pressure, only with half a half a win after four rounds, coming off a big loss to South Belgrave, went out against Knox and, and won pretty handily. Six goals um, in the end, 93 to 48. Uh, Trevor Mills kicked three, Christian Poe kicked three. Um, young fella from the Eastern Rangers, so, so good to see him getting a game. Nick Hallow, the best player. John Rafferty's having a good year for Knox and their goal kickers. Only three goal kickers, three to Kieran Edwards, two to Ben O'Brien and two to Lachlan Stuckey. So Knox, they're going okay. Two wins out of five, um, but the Basin really needed that one, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, they did, and uh, you know we we talked about it. They've left a couple of wins, you know, out there that they should they should have won, especially that Ringwood one. Um, but you know they they needed they just needed four points really to keep. To keep, to keep um, in touch with the the top five because you know they're, they're a side that should probably play finals. You know we all had them probably as the maybe the contender to to South Belgrave. Um, it's good to see Nicolo just you know, back to really good form. Um, you know he, he's one that could probably win the medal this year if he um, if he continues that. And uh, it was interesting there that they've got you know a few more goal kickers. You know Jackson Drake was probably their main. Key target up there, but you know, Poe kicks three, Mills kicks three. Ren- Rennie's, Rennie's a recruit who's playing deep forward as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's you know, I think I think positive signs, and obviously thirteen goals, fifteen. They could have had a few more too. So they're now on six points with the one win and the one draw, um, and Mulgrave in fifth on eight points. Um, race. So the Basin at the moment, yeah, it's a race for that bottom half of the five. Yeah. It, and they, they're desperate. 
there would have been nervous going in. Uh, there would have been a few nervous people going in that game because on paper they should beat Knox easily, but Knox had won two in a row and the Basin couldn't find a win. No, no, well that's right, and, and I don't, I don't think that the margin would have worried them at all. Just As you a said, win's right, a win. All they had to do was get four points. Yeah. Yeah. But now what they've got to do, though, you know, start, let's start the season again. They've got to string three or four wins together to get really back in the mix. They've had a fairly tough run. Like, I mean, they've played yeah. South oh, yeah. Belgrave, Ringwood, Bronia. and, and Bronia and Heathmont. Yeah. So that. Really, the only game that they would go in as the underdog would be East Burwood from now on. Yeah. Well, so they've got they've got Oakley next week, so you, know, bank you should it, win there. Bank that. Then that's when they play East Burwood um, at at home. So I, I think at, at home Temple, Temple Stowe and Mulgrave. Yeah, Temple Stowe Mulgrave, okay. and then you go back to your Ringwood Heathmont. So yeah. if they can, they they really probably need to pinch that East Burwood one. They pitch the East Burwood one that yeah they make up the ground and then they're probably a bit we get back on them but if they yep. win the other one still get to the turn yeah and then they can create a race with your Mulgrave I, I suggest right. probably yeah. your Heathmont will come into it eventually but yeah they need it, it's going to be an exciting race for that yep. bottom because yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. after Brony's win that they're safe yeah, yeah, yeah I think the top four Is will set. all play finals it's it's that fifth spot and you know now that Mulgrave have knocked off. South Belgrave, it, it really starts to uh, make things in? interesting. Yeah. Who are you backing in? Uh, I'm still going with the Basin just yeah, off. It's a, bit, it's a bit too early yeah. to jump off them, isn't it, Ray? Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got my doubts over them. I've got Mulgrave, my and Mulgrave, Mulgrave's yeah. had the toughest run, yeah. and they've yeah, come out of it with two exactly wins. So right, yeah. I, I am you, leaning that gotta, way. All you've got to be you know, in the mix at the turn and knock off the teams you're competing against you yep. know, for that spot. And, and Win the winnable games and just hopefully you pinch one on the run home. That's right. Nice little segment there on Division 1 and Division 2. After another break, we're going to talk about Premier Division and Ray's Hawks. They're undefeated. They are the real deal. And uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season shot. He's about 40 yards. He's going to have to. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room. Set sail for home. Samuel Hart. Yes. He's got it. Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Samuel Hart there of Blackburn kicking a goal in last year's clash against Vermont. He kicked one on the weekend on Friday night as well with the Burners getting up over Park Orchards. We're into Premier Division here on the Eastland Monday Recovery. Matt Foley out with Ryan Long and Ray Baird. Let's go out to Seabeck Oval. Ray was out there, braved the conditions out at Seabeck, and it was an interesting game on paper. I had Baldwin as the favourites, as I'll probably have them all year, given their talent. But Roville, they've convinced us now. They've played Noble Park, Norwood, Baldwin, and they've beaten them all. Uh, they're 4-0. and they're, you know, They've been super, super impressive, 9-7 um, to 6-13. Yes, a few bad sh- uh, scoring shots for Baldwin. But from all reports, Ray, those scoring shots, a few of them were rushed, but also they were having tough chances because of the pressure and the defensive system Rival played. Charlie Haley kicked two. Matthew Davey, not 24, 30. 30. Kicked two. Uh, Lachlan Wind as well. With players out as well, as I mentioned previously, I think Jake Arundel and a couple others were in the, the Young Guns game. That win for Rover really says to everyone in the comp, we're here to stay. Look, they were they were absolutely thrilled with the way it was a complete team effort, you know, and and the harassment, the way they harassed uh, ball went out of the contest, and uh, and then once the, the the rain went away, and and look, Roval, they just moved the ball so quickly. What they do, they switched for on the half back line very well. A lot of clubs switch to the sky out there on his own, and they got nothing to go to. Roval have the ability to switch, and they know they got three or four other switch uh, players down the line, and they go from coast to coast but uh, look it was a great effort and uh, 
they, they were very uh, applaudive of, of the young four guys that came in. They all played their role and all that. Charlie Haley, he kicked two goals, but uh, he kicked the first goal or that uh, Baldwin kicked and got another one late in the game. But look, he, he uh, the conditions didn't suit him. And look, if he he's the trigger without a, a doubt for Baldwin. If he can kick four or five, you know, Baldwin usually win the game. But he it, the conditions were against him and they, and they were against it. But Robel, look... It all starts in the midfield, and you know the role that Alex Frawley plays. And this year, he, he's sort of gone a little bit unnoticed because you got all these other midfielders that, that have come in and all that. But yeah, he, his efforts to get the ball out and uh, Lockie McDonald, I thought he was by far the best player on the ground. I don't know if it, uh, Roval named him. So in they've the got he, he wasn't in their best. They've maybe they've maybe they're pulling the wool. They've well, got Kane, right. Kane Young, Jesse Ecoff, yeah, Kyle yeah. Stanthorpe, John yeah, Duffy, yeah. Alex Frawley, Cooper yeah. McDonald. But they got they got. Uh, Targets down forward, you know, wind and young these young guys and all that, you know, they they take big grabs and and they're goal kicking. Both sides kick very well from set yeah. shots for goals. But as you said, I said to you earlier on, Matty, you know, a lot of points there for for Baldwin, but that was because Roval had the ability to rush rush points through and you know and then, and then take advantage of the kick out. But the, no, look, uh, you know. From here, well, they've got a very hard game coming up against South Croydon, you know, but the way they're going, uh, you know, they're, they're past Well, they've all. beaten everyone else. What's well, they've beaten say? everybody else and then, you know, they'd they say, but, uh, you know, they, I'm not going to get carried. They're not going to win every game, so there could be no. a game. And this could be the week. We don't know. But uh, as far as Baldwin go, you know, they were under man. Penelbury didn't play. That was a big loss to them. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not the same Baldwin side that, I've seen in in recent years. Not the juggernaut that it was. No, they, they don't. They they seem to lack that uh, the ability that Roval had to put pressure on. You I know? think the the thing like watching on Good Friday that the difference between that and those superstar teams is yeah. that whilst they're all very talented, they they are they're younger than you think. Yes. Um. So that they still have susceptibility on their day. Yeah. I still think they're the best team in it just because of their talent. Yeah. But like you're saying, they don't have. They might not have that. Whilst they're all VFL listed and so on, if you're yeah. younger, you're just younger. But, but there are things Alex Frawley can do that doesn't matter if you're the first draft pick in the no, AFL. No. He knows footy. That's right. Because he's you know. Right. But Baldwin don't have any big bodies either. They're all about the same size. You know, yeah. where if the opposition have one or two big bodies, and those players can come into the game. Showmakers, he did well in the ruck, but I thought Showmakers' best uh, part of his game yesterday was what he did around the ground, he intercept marks and things yeah, like Chevy that. Yeah, Chevy Anderson would have been his opponent. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah, they probably don't really have a second ruck. No, they ball. don't. You're right. No, it's no, it's interesting to see, obviously, how Baldwin are going, but you know, as well as Roville. But look. You know, we kept saying, you know, was round one a flash in the pan? Noble are now second on the ladder, Ryan. So, well, they, so clearly yeah. it wasn't a flash in the pan. So there must be – there'd be a buzz out at Seabeck. Well, it's not like they've had an easy draw either. Look, I mean, Noble Park's obviously a contender. Norwood, despite a, a, a bad start to the year, we'll get on uh, really yeah. hard side to yeah. beat. Ray, what's – you know, obviously you would have seen him a bit a lot last year as well. What's the, the key difference in this side – uh, this year is it the way they're playing? Is it are they playing a different style? I've, yeah, I've, I've heard I heard Roval people talking after the game about this particular point, and the thing was that they're playing as a side. They have the ability to uh, back their teammates in, and they take the game on. You know, they play on at all costs. They, and and uh, they don't. The, another attribute is they don't crowd the forward line. They keep the forward line open so that these big guys have got space to run into. It's a very interesting point. But, yeah, like I said, Roville 4-0 and doing wonderfully well. We'll head to Norwood. I was tossing up which game to talk about next. We'll head to Norwood because interesting case for mine, Ryan. You, you mentioned the, who teams have played. So Norwood have played. In round one, they got a big win over Doncaster where they piled on 
really left some percentage out there, to be honest. But since then, they've struggled to find the goals against Vermont. Uh, and then, obviously, Roeville last week and Noble Park. So they went down by 43 points. They kicked the first two goals of the game. Went score- goalless in the second quarter. Only kicked two goals in each of the last quarters while Noble piled them on. Shane Allen kicked five, Bennett, you know, when he was recruited. You know, getting on in years was a surprise recruit, but clearly they think he might have been the cream on top. He kicked five. Lockie Dixon, two for Nord. Ben, a star recruit for them. Cole Martin, best on ground. So I'll be interested to see his stats when they pop up. Um, what's going on at Nord, Ryan? What, like, as you said, they've had a toughish run with, with the players. Uh, sorry, not the players, but the teams they've played. But one and three is still one and three. And, and when you lose by 45 And they've had two, points. well, three of the games at home and the last two at home to Roval and Noble too. So you would have thought they'd have a bit of an advantage there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, they're, you know, obviously their, their strength is their midfield. And so there's no excuses. They've still got the, those players out in the park. Tristan Tweedy, I think, came back in. Um, yep. uh, so you know, he adds a bit. Um, he adds a lot, actually. And so, you know, to really just, you know, fall apart after a quarter of time, it's a similar story to that Vermont game to be 40 points up and just... Uh, you know, really just get run over the top by a Vermont side. You know, it, it's 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 concerning because you know I don't think there's really any any big uh, notable out or not too many notable outs struggling that, to score. Have they got? <coughs> pardon me. Have they got the forward line to kick a winning score? That's a question. Oh, ever, I ask. You would say evidently not. They kicked a big score against Doncaster. Yeah, but, but Benel well, one day there, Benel kicked to six or seven or something like that. But apart from that, have you're the, not going to uh, rely have, on him. That, that's the question mark I have against them. Yeah, have they got the forward line to kick a winning score? Yeah, like I said, you, you on the evidence so far, you would say not. Um, <laughs> it, well, but, but yeah, Benel's got the most with nine, <coughs> and he had the seven in round one. Otherwise, you've got yeah. Dixon and Jordan have had seven each, and Pearson with five. So, no, I. I mean, when you look at, compare that to other sides, you know, South Korea or Doncaster East or someone, they probably don't have the same sort of the strength up in their forward line. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting kettle of fish for Noble. Uh, like we said, that round one lost the Roval, but since then they've been super impressive. Um, really strong winners against Berwick, super winners against Vermont, and once again, um, nine goals to, to four after half time against Norwood at Norwood. So going all guns blazing there, Noble Park. So it'll be interesting to see how they go when they meet Roval again in the back end of the year, but also as they play some of the other sides like Doncaster East and South Croydon, who met at Zerby's Reserve yesterday. And it was the Lions' big winners, 19-10-9, to 10, 9, excuse me. Uh, Mitchell Ryan, once again, in the best players for Doncaster East, best on ground. Young fella came from Beverly Hills Juniors. You know, that's a sign that Doncaster haven't had in recent years, Ray, yes. is that junior players coming through. Yep. So yep. to have him in the best players is fantastic. The goals are shared around as as well, which is something Ryan James spoke about when we saw them at Shrams Reserve. He didn't want someone kicking a bag of seven each week. No. So Green, Jackson Green four, row three, Scala two, DeLuca, Appleby two as well. Um, South Croydon, James Wilson kick three, Thomas Schnick best on ground. Donny East three and one, they're going pretty well. Well, a huge inclusion was Clark coming into that side yeah. because you know he's such a tall man and has played at the top level. And all. but even you look around their other their other players in that Doncaster East side who have played in the in the AFL. You know they've got three or four of them there, and uh, you know those, those guys, and they're all big bodies too. You know, mm. but uh, look, they're obviously doing something great because you know South. Croydon, they haven't done anything wrong up until this week. And, uh, you know, I know they had a few injuries, but all clubs have injuries. So, uh, no, that's a statement out there that, you know, Doncaster East to put out there. And you guys were very wrapped with them the day you went out there and did the radio. You yeah. know, we, yeah, I, like, sp- I like the way they move the ball. And I like that, 
you look at that goal king list and, and like Zach Clark was named at full forward and could easily play full forward. Chris Phelan played full forward against Doncaster, but I think since then's moved back into the midfield. Yeah. Obviously, Sam Rose again and, you know, Jackson Green kicked four. So they're adding options and the way they moved the ball was a bit more creative than maybe yeah. in, in, in years gone by. So they're, really they're, exciting. Yeah, they're a hard side to defensively to match up on. And, you know, as we said, you know, they don't, don't they don't have to rely on Rome, you know, as as much as he got the ball when we watched him, they still were able to hit up other targets. I think they're one of those teams, if teams do stop the switch, they can just go down the line because they've got yeah. big bodies, but they yeah. ideally want to use the corridor. So yeah. it, it will be interesting as he goes on. So they're three and one and sit in third spot, percentage of 140 South Croydon. Also now three and one, dropped to fourth. The other side that is three and one along with Noble Park is Vermont. Uh, Got the win against North Ringwood. Um, they had 25 scoring shots, but in the end, only won by 27 points. They were 4-13 to 1 straight at halftime. So North Ringwood, you know, <laughs> were holding on for grim life at halftime. Uh, singles all around, so no one kicked multiple goals. Lockie Johns and Alex Greenwood, best on ground for the Eagles. Well, it's a wins and wins and win for Vermont. And, you know, that besides, again... A shocking loss last week, but they are three and one. Look, but they are three and one. But you've got to look at this result. You've got to look at the results that uh, North Ring would have put in in the previous games, and they've been let's face it, they've been well and truly beat. Twenty five scoring shots though, so you kick yeah. a you kick a couple yeah. straight. All of a sudden, that wins a, a pretty big convincing one. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting <laughs> to have Adam Parker sitting next to us and ask him what he thought, because it could yeah. go two ways. He could be disappointed that they played shocking and just beat a poor yeah. side, or yeah. he could be. Look, if we kick straight, we actually should have won by should twelve won, goals. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, but there's it's various one. reasons why you don't kick straight. You know, yeah, it could I mean. be the weather, it could yeah. be the pressure from the opposition. It could just so, be bad yeah. execution. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what. That's the only thing we can sort of hold out. And, and positive for them is some different names in the best players too: Mason Hawkins, uh, Jamison Rossiter, uh, which is really good, and then goal kicking like Emiliano Alexio uh, has kicked a couple of goals this year. Jordan Neal. So that's what they need if they're going to regenerate quickly. As much as Lockie Johns is, is going to continue to dominate this competition, they do need a couple other players yeah. to come with them um, and, and step them up. In that next level, they're going to compete again. But three wins from four. Um, you I, take that, wouldn't you? I yeah. think they'll make finals yeah. Who still they because they next, find a way to win. Round, right? Park Orchards next week. Big, well, see, that's that's going to be an interesting yeah. game. They're Park Orchards are quick. At yes. Domini too. At Donnelly, at, that's at right. Domini. <laughs> at Domini. Well, speaking of Park Orchards, they went down to Blackburn in a game where I think most people actually had them as, as strong favourites. Both sides had 18 scoring shots, 9-9 Blackburn, Park Orchards 7-11. Single goal kickers all across the board for Blackburn. Uh, for Park Orchards, Michael Prozen, they kicked two and then singles elsewhere. Jordan Hart, best on ground for Blackburn. Uh, Lockie Bajaya continues his strong form. Jack Ruffsedge, um, inclusion in the side this year has been really good as well. Park Orchards, Mason Blakey, Dennis Armfield doing it once again. Uh, Lee Green was out there, obviously filming the game for LKLM Media and ourselves. Uh, said Park Orchards have had all the speed, but just thought Blackburn had a few more hard-edged bodies that when the going got tough, knew what to do. Yeah. But things, you know, Park Orchards are clearly going to be an exciting side to watch, but Blackburn as well, and we need to give credit to them, Ray, their first win in front of the new rooms as well. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's been hard to get there, but they finally got there. Yeah, no, look, uh, I I honestly thought that Park Orchards would win this game, but, uh, you know, Blackburn, uh, they obviously went down the corridor. You know, they they wouldn't have mucked around going around the wings. Well, the lights went out (laughs) twice as well, apparently, on Friday night. So, which, 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 would have, which would have been an interesting one, but yeah, I, I yeah, I think for Blackburn, it's it's positive the way they've bounced back because those opening two games would have been really deflating. I know they're against two pretty good sides in Bourne and South Korean, but it would have been deflating. Yeah. Um, so to see them come back, obviously a gritty win against Doncaster, but this win will 
well, obviously the monkey off the back of winning in front of their home crowd well, for the did. first time in three years, but, but but the fact that they were able to win yeah, tough against yeah. a team that have been flying. But they, they lead themselves open with these two marquee games they play early they in the do. year, and, and you play marquee games against top sides. Yeah. So, you know, and if you lose both of them, which they did, you know, you, you're behind the eight ball a little bit, but if you can pinch one or even win those mm. two marquee games, you're off and flying. And in recent years, they have won them. And then this yeah. year, and probably last year before, obviously, the season, they, they'd lost them. So, yeah, you're right. It is risk and reward. I'm sure that they the rewards they get off field are still pretty good. Oh, cool. yeah, it, no. That's it's a... probably just the ball and loss that was disappointing. Otherwise, the South Green one, they were in that, you know, for most of the game. Obviously, the margin, you know, goes out to about five goals. But for for, for majority of the game, I think you, they were quite, in, you know, a lot, certainly a lot better than um, the week before that. But you know they've got Berwick next week, so that's a chance to to go three and two and and just put them back in, well, in and contention. The, and the again. way you know, obviously the performances of Norwood, uh, Ball, and keep losing games, we don't expect them to lose. Yeah, they they still are right in yeah. the finals hunt, despite having watched them. Personally, yeah. it's like I don't see these teams playing finals, Ray. But maybe I'm overrating. The rest of the competition, or maybe yeah. we haven't seen them at their best yet. Well, that, that's right. You know, they're slow starters, but they, they, look, we don't know what's ahead of them. But look, they're a good enough side if if they get on a roll. So they travel down to to Berwick, is it next week? Ah, uh, they're, they're back at home again. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd right. be four home games out of five. Yeah, I, know. I think no, the South Korean game was meant to be at South Korean. Yeah, that's but right. So, yeah, yeah. So that'll be why they might have yeah. a lopsided fixture there. Yeah. And that's something to keep an eye on for South Korean too. Back end of the year, they will have six or seven, seven. home games, exactly. so yeah. they could be a side that gets on a roll in the back yep. end. Yeah. A side that got their first win of the year was Doncaster yesterday, seven six forty eight to three thirteen. Berwick, 31. Berwick, and it was gulking all across the day. So they were one ten at halftime, Berwick. Um, so 16 scoring shots of 13. Cole Vickers kicked three and was best on ground. And, and obviously on a ga- in a game where it was obviously scrappy and skills weren't exactly on show, for Cole Vickers to kick three goals and having watched that guy play before, he's a skillful player. He would have stood above the rest um, in that regard. A big win, Chris Anarkis' first as coach, Ray. And despite Doncaster not showing much in the opening month, they're, they've got a win, and Berwick and North Ringwood don't. Well, well, that that's exactly right. And look, Berwick, they would have been absolutely shattered not winning that game because they would have gone into that game, you know. Yeah. Seven shots to three in the yeah. first quarter, four shots to two in the second quarter, and then after that, the game yeah. sort of Doncaster started to probably get yeah. more. But at half time, you're sort of looking at the coach, and and you're probably looking at the players going, "Geez, we just it's not going to happen." Look, my, my take on Berwick, and I saw them against Noble Park, and that's only one game, but I did see them a couple of times last year. And to me, I think that they've got to they've got to uh, get to play the EFNL style of game, and that is you've got to man up more so than what. I believe you would have had to do in the other competition. Well, they where were, they, they come were from. winning all the time. Yeah, they were winning so you all the time. You could maybe get away with habits. That's right. So you get away with that sort of thing. But now you, you know, you've got a much closer competition, a highly, a bit more skilled competition. So you've got to maybe show, look, maybe show a bit more respect to the opposition and man up a little bit more. And look, I, I take any criticism that comes from Berwick in this regard. This is only my opinion, but I've been around the Eastern Footy League for a long time. And, uh, you know, you've got to really, no matter what game you go into, you've got to really respect the opposition. Wait, it's a thing with, and we'll go back to Division 1 for half a second, is both Berwick and Beaconsfield have struggled to kick straight. Yes. But even last year... But, but, but I can't... Yeah. But I, it, it seems at those two clubs... So obviously you had a great history. Yeah. South East played each other, Outer East. Both clubs this year, there was one game Beaconsfield kicked incredibly straight, but 
Every other game this year, both clubs have kicked more behinds than goals, it seems. The, it, what, 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 is it the big grounds? Is it the wind? I think it comes back to what we said before about kicking points. You know, back in, I think it's a pressure applied yeah. to the player with the ball, yep. you know, going for goal, you know, particularly, you know, not, not a marking contest or anything like that. But, but you know, bit, maybe a bit more pressure on them yeah, you know, maybe. when the ball hits the ground. It's a good yeah. point, Ray, because, yeah, it's, it's, if you look back at last year for Berwick and then so far this year, both sides, I think, would have kicked a lot more, a lot more behinds yes. than goals. Yeah, well, that, yeah. it's cost them games. I mean, we were out there last year when they played Noble Park, and they kicked yeah. very inaccurate that yeah, day. Right. And they had their yeah. chances to win. Yeah. So, and you know, and in this division this year, it looks like you know Doncaster come away from that game, and you know, again, we weren't there, but you would indicate in the first half to the fact that they had, had eleven scoring measured. shots to yeah. five, five, and they were only a point down. Yeah. Chris Narkis is probably going. We've got away with this, and now we've got to win. Yeah. Whereas Berwick now are going, well, we, what are we going to do? We, we, yeah. They've got to beat a North Ringwood team who can score. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough spot for Berwick because they lost a few experienced players and they've gone yeah. heavy on youth. Yeah. Yeah. Who have they got? They've got Blackburn. They've got Blackburn, and then they've got Vermont, Norwood before they play North Ringwood. So, yeah, so it's a, it's it's a, a long tough way. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, still a tough And North Ringwood last year weeks. showed they can pinch wins from places. Like every, every time we thought North Ringwood were down a rabbit hole, they'd pinch a win whether yeah, it was over. Blackburn yeah, or Donny yeah, East. Yeah. So it's a really dangerous time for them. But really good win for Doncaster. Um, they've had a, a fairly tough run of it on, on paper. Obviously, Norwood and Doncaster East in the first two rounds, Blackburn um, last week. So who have they got next? They've got North Ringwood So next a big week, chance. So. If they can win yeah. that one, Ray, Chris Anarchus will be pretty happy to be two and three and, and just take a yeah. big, deep breath. Look, I, I honestly think the way the competition is now and, and, you know, the evenness of us, we can't really get a, a take on where teams are actually at until we get to the halfway mark. Mm. You know, then, then you've got an idea, you know. That's right, because some teams have got extremely hard uh, a draw, whereas other teams, you know, have had an easier draw. So until everyone gets the halfway mark, then you'll know who's who's where. Absolutely right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you two gentlemen in here to, to talk all things L after yesterday's big game. Thanks to Neil Winton and Mark Holly for joining us on the line to talk about their side's big win. Well done, of course, Corey Northray. Landmark victory for them. Hopefully it's the start of something more. Until next time, we'll see you at the footy. End of the most important sentence clearance of the afternoon. So Haig won it down. Wignall got it. Can he get a handball away? He's going to burst away. He's going to run to 50. Low ball to the top of the goal square. McCormack! Oh, no. He pulled it in! Oh, he no. pulled it in! Oh, Wignall. He got through the Acosta Harvey tackle. Oh, no. Took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. Started the day with an almost hanger. Kicked the check side for right in front of us. Billy. He, can make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh, I think they want him to be one now, Brad. 15 metres out. Billy McCormack's kicked it. Oh, you'll be Tom Baylor in front. 28 minutes gone.